This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, we're going to talk about swing trading versus long-term investing. Why do I like swing trading so much more than long-term investing? Well, spoiler alert, I actually like long-term investing too. I feel like swing trading is more along my niche. That's the thing that I excel at the most, but I still do long-term investing. I think that it's still important in one's trading to, to be able to do long-term investing side-by-side with their swing trading. In today's email, for this podcast episode comes from a guy we're going to give him a good Florida red nickname of Jimbo. Jimbo writes, Tay Ryan, hope you are doing well. I don't have a personal question, but I was wondering if you could talk on your podcast about why you prefer swing trading over investing. I know that you have mentioned the difference before and that you have an investing and a swing trading account. However, I haven't heard you go into depth about the advantages of swing trading over investing. You don't have to mention me personally on the episode. Just curious to hear your thoughts. Kind regards, Jimbo. I don't mention you by name, so I, that's why I give you the Florida Redneck name of Jimbo's. So a quick understanding the difference between swing trading and long-term investing on the surface level. Long-term investing, you're talking about holding stocks for typically more than a year and then selling them at some point far down the road. You're holding through earnings. You're holding through a lot of different things. It's a stock typically that you believe in the long-term sustainability and the potential future growth of that company, whereas swing trading, you may not always believe that there's a really good story behind the stock or that there's a long-term potential to the stock, but you do think that there is a short-term momentum opportunity for you to take advantage of. And with swing trading, it allows you to do that. Long-term investing, not so much because over the course of the year, you may finally realize, oh man, you know that momentum that I originally got into that long-term investment for, that was done and over with 11 months ago. I should have gotten out then and now I'm looking at a 50% loss. I think that the stocks that you choose and the methods that you go about with swing trading versus long-term investing are drastically different. And so those differences is why I do prefer swing trading over long-term investing. Do I necessarily look down on people who choose long-term investing over swing trading? No, not at all. I think a lot of it comes down to personality and your style of trading slash investing and what suits you the best for your lifestyle, for the person that you are, and for your financial goals. And so digging further into why I like swing trading so much over long-term investing is because it goes probably back to the 90s. When I first started off, I was 11 years old. I had gotten a, you know, a few thousand dollars from an inheritance that this lady that raised my mom down the street in Miami, she gave us a, a nice inheritance for college. But because I was 11 years old, my dad thought, hey, you know what? We're going to stick this in the stock market and let it grow for you over the times. Now, this was the 90s. The 90s was the dot-com era. If you're wondering what that's like, Look at what the market's like today with the AI mania, with artificial intelligence being all the rage. Companies talk about doing AI on their products, the stock source. All they have to do in an earnings call is say AI, and typically it goes higher. You look at Adobe, you look at AMD, you look at NVIDIA, Google, Microsoft. Did I say NVIDIA? I don't know, but <laughs> NVIDIA is kind of a no-brainer. 
these companies are definitely focused on AI, and that is what Wall Street's focused on. And you're seeing stocks make incredible rallies. I think NVIDIA loans is like up almost 200% on the year, and we're not even halfway done with the year. And that's what it was like back in the 90s, probably even more so in the 90s. And perhaps the AI craze eventually takes over the craze that we saw in the 90s with the dot-com boom. But literally over the, in the 90s, when, when companies would come onto their earnings call and say, hey, we're going to have a website with a dot-com at the end of it. Stock would go crazy. That was the big rage. I mean, you think about some of the titans that came out of that, like Jeff Bezos. He came out of that 90s era with Amazon. And so you, if you had a website and you had a dot-com, stock market loved you. And it sounds ridiculous in hindsight, but think about how like stupid some of the things that we look back on, like the NFTs, like some of the crazy prices that those things were going for, or or the metaverse. And I know that's still kind of evolving and maybe it'll take a different shape and form, but we were really getting cranked up about the metaverse and probably the same thing with AI. We're going to look back on how, how absolutely crazy it was, how much valuation we were giving attributing to some of these companies. So going back to the 90s, that was where I got my start was during the 90s boom. And what a time to be alive. I mean, I think I saw that small investment go up to like $50,000 by the time I was 18 or 19 years old. And then the dot-com bubble burst a couple of years later and I saw it come all crashing down. And I walked away with still more than my original investment, but far off of what those highs were that I had at one point in time. Thankfully, I paid for a transmission on my Oldsmobile, and I let's see, what else did I pay for? I bought a gateway computer for college. That was pretty cool. And that's where I got my start. The crash from 2000 to 2003 really shaped my view and really drew me to swing trading because of the very fact that I realized I needed to start managing the risk better because I didn't want to go through that huge wave and huge crash that happened there. That was very frustrating. So I go into swing trade, probably didn't even assign the name swing trading to it at the time. It was just more of a short-term style of trading versus long-term trading that I was pursuing instead of just riding the ebbs and flows of the stock market. So then that's where risk management started to come into play. I realized I needed to have stop losses. I needed to have something in place to guard myself against these huge market crashes. I wanted to walk away with the lion's share, the meat and potatoes, like I talked about on the last podcast. I wanted to walk away with the meat and potatoes, the lion's share of those profits and not watch them just get squandered away. And there's going to be a lot of people in this hype that we have seen so far here in 2023 that they're going to look back and maybe they'll even look back on this podcast like, man, I really should have listened to what he was saying because I actually saw all the profits and my portfolio completely disappear over time because the market did eventually pull back. Markets pull back. Over time, they will pull back. We saw it in 2022. There's a good chance we see it at some point in 2023. So being able to maximize my short-term returns and not have to give back so much. Oftentimes you hear that saying two steps forward, one step back. That's what long-term investing can oftentimes be. And I was wanting to avoid that one step. I'd rather take two steps, get out of the trade, let the market take that one step, get back in again on the next trade. That is one of the many reasons why I like swing trading. The other one is the visual aspect too, using technical analysis. Fundamental analysis isn't as important in swing trading as technical analysis is. Technical analysis is really what guides all of my trades. And it's a visual concept that allows me to have an edge against Wall Street where Wall Street focuses more on fundamentals. Wall Street will have an entire staff of people dedicated to analyzing stocks, analyzing their books, talking to the CEOs, talking to CFOs, talking to CTOs. I don't have that. Neither do you. More than likely you don't, okay? Maybe if it's a family member or somebody else, but more than likely the common average Joe does not have access to 
kind of information that Wall Street has when it comes to fundamental analysis. But on technical analysis, it's available to all. You can become skilled at price and volume and be able to see exactly what's on the chart and what it's telling you. Yes, you're going to be right at times. You're going to be wrong at times. That's okay. Being wrong is the cost of doing business. But overall, trying to avoid as much of that one step back and maximizing the two steps forward and swing trading, that's where you become profitable as a trader. And so the visual aspect of being able to put myself at a level or a playing field that allows me to compete with Wall Street is ideal because I'm never going to be able to keep up with their algorithms, their machines that are buying and selling. I can't keep up with that, but I can have an edge of my own that revolves around technical analysis. And that's why you see so many people that are successful swing traders using technical analysis and really not paying much attention to fundamental analysis. And I'll say this, I think a lot of the traders that you see, they're buying like three and $4 stocks. They're not paying attention much to the technicals, but they are heavily focused on the fundamentals as if they have some kind of edge there. And most of them blow up their accounts or blow up those trades by focusing too heavy on the fundamental analysis on these very sketchy, very iffy companies that they believe in the story on, but they haven't seen price match what they believe the fundamentals should do. And sometimes that doesn't always happen. Sometimes that story that you believe in doesn't come to fruition when it comes to long-term investing in the stock market or even swing trading in the stock market based off of fundamentals. And so they'll believe in the story and they'll get right into it. And then the stock doesn't do anything. And they get frustrated after a couple of weeks that the stock hasn't moved in their favor. Well, why'd you get in at that point? You use fundamentals acting like they're going to act as technicals when you get into the trade. Like all of a sudden, because you realized it, all of a sudden the price is going to take off in sympathy with what you believe. And then that just doesn't happen. And so people end up losing money because these lower dollar price stocks are so much cheaper. I also like swing trading because it allows you to profit in all types of markets. 2022 was a perfect example of that. You had the market pull back over 20%, and yet I was actually able to profit in the market that year and make a good profit. But long-term investing, that's much more difficult. You would have had to have been in like a like some insurance companies and, and some of the healthcare companies and some of the defense companies to have made a profit in 2022. But if you were doing all big tech stocks, you didn't make a profit. You got your head handed to you. And you're still trying to probably recover from those losses because long-term investing doesn't allow you to profit in all types of markets. Bear markets are very difficult to profit in as a long-term investor. You have to really be in the right stocks at the right time. Swing trading not only allows you to avoid riding the wave lower, it allows you to profit from the wave lower. You, you can also short stocks during those times. So swing trading allows you to play both sides of the market. Long-term investing, that's much more difficult. Doesn't mean that people don't short stocks from a long-term investment, but you also have to deal with the interest rates because you're borrowing for a longer period of time hoping to get a sizable return. And the stock, it's not like a stock that can go up one or 200% over the years. If you're shorting a stock from a long-term perspective, you can only get it to go down to zero. And that's pretty hard to do to nail those companies that are going to go straight to zero. And the further it goes down, the less of a percentage return that you're going to get for every 1% additional drop out of a stock. It keeps getting smaller and smaller in terms of a dollar, which means those margin rates are going to cut into your profits more and more the longer you hold on to those trades. And so if you hold it over the course of a year and it was a successful short trade, it's still likely to be grossly impacted by margin rates. I'll also say this about long-term investing. I think oftentimes people tend to panic sell at the bottom and get back into the market at the top. I've seen it over the years, whether it was when I was in corporate America and I was watching people panic sell during major recessions or whether it was getting back into the market because they thought the worst was behind them only to find out that they got back in at the top. Usually your long-term investors, your 401k people and the 403bs and all those people, people who have these passive long-term accounts, 
they love it when the market's going up. They're talking about it at cocktail parties and everything else. They love it. But then when the crap hits the fan and things start to pull back some here, then they start to get nervous. They start to see their accounts go by 10%. Okay, okay, it's just a pullback. It's a pullback. We'll be able to ride this out. Then it goes down 20% and then 30% and then 40%. And then they start to really panic and they're like, I can't afford for this whole thing to go belly up on me. They get out at 50% down or 40% down and then they see that bottom kick right in and it goes right back up. How many people in 2022 got out of the market in October because they couldn't take any more of the pain? They probably read how October is such a bearish month of the year or whatever and it's really not. But they hear about how crazy October is, which eh, it's really not. But a lot of people believe it is because you've had some major market crashes during that month over the course of history. But they'll get out and then they see it go right back up. And now they're looking, you know, they got out of AMD and in the 50s and now they're seeing it at 120. It's like, why did I ever get out of it? And so they're kicking themselves and then they feel like the stock market's rigged. But that's because oftentimes long term investing, we all consider ourselves long term investors until a recession hits or a major market pullback or correction hits. And then all of a sudden we want to become swing traders. And then we're finding ourselves getting out at the worst possible time because we didn't plan it as a swing trade. We didn't plan to manage the risk in that way. And now we're trying to all of a sudden do all of that. And it's leading to getting out at some of the worst possible times imaginable. I think one of the things that you're seeing right now in the stock market, you're seeing this huge wave of traders. Just They're buying up the airlines. They're buying up the cruise line industry. They're buying up these things as fast as possible. And oftentimes, I think that goes back to sell-off in 2020 when they saw the market completely collapse within a four- or five-week period only to have this V-shaped bottom that, that saw stocks like RCL, CCL, American Airlines, AAL, and gosh, all of those all those companies that got hit really hard in the tanked, they took off and if people made a lot of money off of them. Now they're thinking to themselves, oh crap, the market's going right back up again. I'm going to miss out if I don't get in now. So there's a lot of retail. There's a lot of FOMO chasing this market now. But you know want to know what doesn't panic? Swingtradingthestockmarket.com. There, you can get all of my stock market research each and every day. Really cool. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can just find out more about it by clicking on the join button down below on Spotify or any other platform, go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You're going to get all my market research that includes updates on all the market indices, all the big tech stocks. You're going to get my weekly master bullish and bearish watch list. You're also going to get daily watch lists from me from stocks that I'm watching each and every day as well, plus all sorts of really cool videos. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. I dig into the technicals a lot more using charts and graphs as well. So there is some things about long-term investing that I like over swing trading. So I didn't want to just bash on long-term investing because like I said, I do long-term investing. I like it a lot, but I keep them in separate accounts because I don't want the emotions that might come about from swing trading on a bad day start to infect my long-term investing because there's times where my swing trading is way up and my long-term investing is way down on the day. And it can be exact opposites where my swing trading is down and my long-term investing is up on the day. But if I see my overall account down, but I had a really good swing trading day, I don't want that to affect my decision-making on my swing trading and vice versa. Because if I mesh it all together, there's a very good chance that what's happening with my long-term investments could affect my decision-making with my swing trading investments. And I don't want that. I don't have to look at my long-term investments each and every day, but with my swing trades, I do. And so that's one of the benefits to long-term investing is that you can have more of a hands-off approach. But with that being said, there's a lot of home run hitting that tries to take place in long-term investing where people will try to buy these low dollar stocks and they'll buy into these like concepts. Like right now it's AI. 
but what was it, a couple of years ago, it was all about the EVs, the electric vehicles. People missed out on a Tesla run, so they started looking at Rivian, RIVN, and LCID, and all these other ones. And a lot of them had major, major declines, and people ended up becoming bag holders as a result of them. And for me, when it comes to long-term investments, what I like to do is focus on the stocks that are seeing, that are very reputable, but are seeing major pullbacks. And when they're starting to see major pullbacks, like if you see Apple with a major pullback or Amazon, and you got that in 2022 and Google and Microsoft, well, you know, those companies aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Yes, there may be a day where the sun doesn't shine on them anymore, but at this moment, they're some of the most reputable companies out there. They're some of the, the safest ones based on what we currently know, at least. And so those are the stocks that I'm going to go after on a significant market pullback because when the market does bounce back, those are likely to follow as well. And that's exactly what we've seen here so far in 2023. They have not only just bounced back, but they have led the way. And over time, I do like to raise cash in my long-term portfolio because when the market does pull back, I want to be able to take advantage of those pullback opportunities that the market affords us with. If there's a 33% pullback in Apple, I would like to be able to pounce on that, especially if the technicals of the market are extremely oversold that suggests that the market bounce is imminent. One of the things, too, that you have to be careful of when it comes to long-term investing is the earnings disasters. We've seen them with big-name companies here over the past year, whether it was Meta, whether it was Netflix or Amazon. You've seen some big, big earnings disasters over the course of time. So that can hit you because you can't have a long-term investment that goes beyond one year unless you are holding it through earnings. And so that's the downside of long-term investing. And it's also why I don't really speculate too much in my long-term investing with small companies because the risk is not worth it. I don't really want to wake up to a stock that's down 75% because of a huge earnings miss. doesn't mean that it can't happen with a big company, but it's probably less likely to happen with an Apple than it is with a Rivian or another smaller company. But in the end, they're both good strategies. They're both good approaches. They're going to be more suitable for some people than others. Not everybody can be a swing trader. Not everybody is going to do well with long-term investing. Some people may just want to put it in SPY and walk away, and that's fine too. But for me, I, I like the swing trading over the long-term investing. I think it's the best way to go about things. All right, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe to this channel. Support it by clicking the join button down below. If you're listening to it on Spotify, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review or on Apple or whatever platform you're listening to it on. Make sure to do that. That really means a lot to me. And make sure to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Keep sending me your emails, ryan at shareplanner.com. I read them all. I really want to make an episode out of every one of your questions, so keep sending them my way. You'll be surprised at the percentage of people that get an episode done for them when they send me an email. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Shareplanner trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. Thank you.